This is a wee bit of everything. The podcast that explores all things sport and teaching. Hello there and welcome to the A Wee Bit of Everything podcast with your hosts Lewis and Clark. Thanks for coming back to tune in to this week's episode. We really are amazed by all the support we have received from everyone so far. Our partner of the podcast is Premiership Experience who have played a big role in helping us develop. Premiership Experience offer fantastic sports tours within the UK and abroad so be sure to check them out on Twitter at Prem Experience. This is a professional learning platform where we get ideas and insights from like-minded professionals. Our vision is to inspire, to teach and to entertain. So let's get started with this week's episode of A Wee Bit of Everything. Hello everybody and welcome back to this week's episode of the A Wee Bit of Everything podcast with your hosts Clark and Lewis. Episode 99, Mr Burrow, which can only mean one thing. One to go. One to go. This is the penultimate episode of the Obo podcast series, which has been an absolute um, journey and a half. It's been great um, to sit down and chat to all these interesting guests each week um, and get their insights into all things PE and kind of health and well-being and kind of wider um, topics in sports. So it's been great. Mm. With that, with that in mind, it's been absolutely fantastic. Um, so grateful to sit down with so many. Like-minded people and um, sit down with yourselves and have a chat about PE and sport. So, what, what an honour! I know your, your chat's not that bad, I must say. Ah, it's, I suppose it's got better. Just a shame. <laughs> just, just, just a shame yours went back anyway. But uh, <laughs> <Back can't, laughs> now, nah, listen, it's been brilliant. I've, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Aye, just hope, we, just hope we can find two people to continue the the podcast so we can tune in ourselves. I know, I think we'll um, put it out there, we post on Twitter and stuff like that and see if we can get any interest from maybe students or um, can I, two, two pals in PE, you know, to, to carry on the, the Obo legacy. We'll see. Right. Let's see. Um, anyway, with that being said, this week on the podcast, we've got Greg Wilson and Kier Getrell, um, who are both principal teachers of physical education. So Greg's a PT at Duncan Rigg Secondary School in South Lanarkshire, and Kier also works in South Lanarkshire as a principal teacher, um, and he's at Stonelaw High School. So should be a very interesting episode tonight. Um, two experienced teachers who um, have got a, a lot of um, knowledge and insights to share with us in the episode with the questions we're going to be asking them tonight. So we're both very looking forward to it. So Clark, if you want to just kind of share with us what the the kind of lowdown of tonight's episode is going to consist of. Yeah, as Lewis said, we've got Greg and Kerr coming on PTs and PE with a wealth of experience and knowledge in the subject. So we'll find out a wee bit about their careers. We'll then move on to their most memorable experiences and toughest challenges along along their careers. And then we'll speak about the value of PE and how they can maximise the opportunities for the young people at their schools. Um, and then we'll finish with um, what they think makes a high quality PE lesson and Carol finish with what makes a high quality PE teacher. We'll also touch on as well about how, how important it is to lead change in your department um, and also the skills and the skill set required to do that um, when working with with your team. So lots to get into. So we won't, we won't chat much longer, I don't think, this side of the, the podcast, Lewis, would you agree? I would absolutely agree, but you missed one vital part of the podcast there, Mr Burrow. What do we always finish with? Oh, we always finish with a quick fire round, um, which which we know you 
you're very, very good at now. Um, sometimes it's not quick fire, but listen, it's <laughs> absolutely... <laughs> we're not involved in moving on to that bit at the end as well, which is all, always provides a wee, bit of, a wee bit of a laugh at the end. So, at the end of the day, we're in the entertainment business, so <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll get cracking. Right, lads, welcome to the wee bit of everything podcast. Um, Greg and Kia, welcome to the show. How's your day been? Um, my games, my, my uh, day's been very good, although actually I just played fives and, and I lost quite badly, so I, I wasn't in a good mood at the end of it. I think I embarrassed myself a wee bit, actually. But anyway, let's um, let, let's go. We'll, we'll, um, we'll aside that. Um, but yeah, apart from that, the school day was very good. Brilliant. Good to hear it. What about yourself, Kia? Yeah, pretty good day today, um, apart from a seven-period day. Um, I know we all enjoy those. But uh, no, listen, great day with the team and... Uh, just looking forward to I think next uh, next Friday, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And oh, you finish you finish up next week, don't you? I'm, I've got two weeks. Yeah, he's got an extra week. We've still got two weeks left, Lewis. Nah, nah, I'm up in five. I don't know where. Like, I don't know if we go back a week later or not. I've not actually checked. Must be. But it kind of works out the same, doesn't it, over the year? Yeah, I think it does. It all just kind of balances um, out. So it's no, we, we, we get weird extra, holidays. I think you there. actually do an extra week in five. Anyway, we must. Um, we must. We must need it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for giving up your time tonight to to come on and chat about all things PE. Um, we'll get we'll get we'll get into it then. So, we normally ask the guests can a can a brief rundown in their career. So, if if Greg, if Greg if you would like to go first and give us a, a rundown on, on where it all started to where where you are now. Okay. Well, um, I graduated nineteen ninety. I don't know if that was before even when any of you two were born. Where are you? Round about then. Round about then. I served a two-year probation period across a variety of schools and local authorities. So um, before getting my first permanent job at Les Mayhago High School in 1993. So, um, so in fact, basically what happened was you, you, you went round everywhere um, and you were just at the end of it. Once you'd, you'd done enough days, you were actually, those were the days you were just given a job. Right, you'd done enough days and then you were given a job. So I was lucky enough to land in Les Mago High School and I, and I loved it. Um, I became a principal teacher subject in the school at, in 1996. So that was roughly at the same time as my good friend Tony McDade. And I noticed was your guest uh, on your 22nd show. I'm just wondering why I'm positioned the 77 places behind him, but let, let, let's not go no, there. No worries, um, no, no, any particular order, Greg. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, Clark thought he would keep the best for last. Quite, quite right. Thank you, Clark. I appreciate that. Um, and then I, I juggled that job alongside roles as a, as a higher examiner in the SQA. That was 15 years prior to your guest and your 88th show, Richie Durno. Um, but And I was also a teaching associate uh, at Strathclyde Junior until 2008, um, before I moved to Duncan Rigg Secondary as faculty head of PE, Sport and Health, and I've been there ever since. Brilliant. So, Les Mahego then, that's a, a wee bit out of the way, isn't it? Is you, um, well, no, that? actually, people think that Les Mahego's out of the way, but it's just a jaunt up the motorway, and um, it's still within South Lanarkshire. So, yeah, mm. I think people might think it's a wee bit further away. Being an East Kilbride boy, you know, um, and I'm now, you know, working in the same town that I live in. But, uh, no, listen, Les Mahego is, um, is definitely easy to get to, and it's, it's really it's a fantastic place to work. I loved Les Mahego. Still miss it to this day. A great place. I did my second placement there in my PGDE. Oh, okay. at, at the yeah. go, right. It was good. I loved it as well. And, and who was your um, who was your 
uh, principal teacher there at the time. Neil Ross. Oh, Neil. So Neil's still there. Yeah. Nice. He's still there. Neil, and Neil was a student. Neil was a student of mine at Les Mahego, believe it or not. So oh, he's he's um, you know he's back. There's probably lots of people that have been students of mine. I'm, I'm yeah. getting on in years now, Lewis. Getting on in years. <laughs> so there we go. And then so. Uh, just before we move on to Kia, so how many how many years have you been at Duncan right then? Is that... um, I think this is well, I'm saying 2008 um, is when I moved. So um, you know, if we do the maths, what, what 14, is that? 14, what 14, moment, 14, years, 14 years. This is my 14th year. Goodness, I didn't even realise it was as long as that. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, so in fact, um, that that was a principal teacher at 26 um, at Les Mahego, and, and a bit little, you know, that's now been a, that's been a long, long time. That was, I think, I was PT for twelve years there, and then fourteen years right, okay. now at, um, at Duncan. Right? So, right, th- thanks for sharing that, Greg. We're looking forward to kind of putting your brains on your your rows of PT then as we move through the podcast. Um, yep. And then, care what about yourself? Then, what's a kind of brief rundown in your career before we start the main part of the episode? Yeah, no problem at all. So my career is obviously far less decorated than Greg's because I'm significantly younger than, than he is. Um, so maybe number 19 is perhaps the, the, the place where I should be on, on your podcast <laughs> list. But um, So I graduated um, from the Notre College in Glasgow. Uh, I did an HND after leaving school. Um, then went on to Stirling Uni and then graduated from Stirling Uni in 2005. Um, and that was in sports studies. Um, from there, I went on to be an active schools coordinator in South Lancaster um, Council at the time. And I was there for two years. I was based at uh, Trinity High um, in Rutherglen, where Rich is just now. And I had the six primary schools um, there, which I was responsible for. And that was from 2005 to 2007. Um, and then went on to do, I was encouraged to go and do a postgrad. So I went on to a postgrad at, um, it was Paisley Uni, which is now obviously UWS down, yeah. in, down in here, down at the old Craigie campus. So I did a year down there, had a fantastic year down there with a great bunch of, um, a, great, a great bunch of teachers. Um, then I was fortunate or unfortunate enough to land with Greg um, in 2008. I did my NQT year. I went to the ballot at uh, South Lanarkshire and you had to pick your envelope out of, a, out of the hat um, and I got Dunkerig. Um, so I was there for as an NQT um, and I was there for five years uh, with Greg at Dunkerig, um, which was a great, great opportunity for me and I also won a watch with that one. And then Greg, my um, good friend here, encouraged me to go for a development officer job uh, with the council, which was the PEPAS. If you remember, PEPAS was around a couple of years ago, so I went to the authority to work with Pepas. I did that for nine months, going around the primary schools and the high schools, looking at the quality of PE. Uh, before then, um, applying for the principal teacher job at Stolen High School for PE and Health, so which I successfully secured that job um, in an acting capacity. I was there for uh, two years and then secured uh, the full-time job there, and I've been there ever since. So, yeah, since 2013, I've been principal teacher. Uh, down at Snowmore, so yeah. Right. Brilliant, thanks for that, uh, Kia. Um, I didn't realise you worked together. I was wondering where the kind of double act came from. So it's from your, your, your days working together then. Brilliant. Right, we'll move on to the kind of main part of the episode. We're going to touch on your most most memorable experiences um, as a PE teacher or as a principal teacher and then uh, also t- talking about the, your toughest challenges as well. So it doesn't really 
uh, kind of bother us what one you start with. But if you could, uh, we'll start with Greg. Right, okay. Um, I think in terms of memorable experiences, I, I, um, I think, you know, I'm sure myself and Kate are going to be quite similar here. And I think we'll probably be quite similar even to what, what pupils talk about in terms of their experiences at school. And th those are the, the big events, you know, and trips abroad. I remember taking a trip to, um, I think it was in Holland with a good friend of mine, Jerry McQuaid. Um, and we, we took, I took a team from Les Mahegos under 15s team who, went, who were an average team. And um, we went there in a tournament and um, we, uh, I think we were playing against you know, some, some great Dutch, you know, teams. And I had actually said, I had long hair at the time. It was back in the days where, you know, I had big, long curly hair. And I said to them, I said, guys, if we get to the final, I'll get this whole thing shaved off, right? Never expecting for a moment that, that we would get to the final, but we did. So we ended up with a short back sides at the end of that, um, <laughs> at the end of that trip. Um, and I remember walking out, we used to run into big tournaments with Jimmy Wiggs on and, you know, we full tap and track suits. We went for the, the whole Scottish thing. And it was just, we, we, it was just everywhere we went, we were met with a lot of friendly, um, you know, camaraderie. It was, it was great. You know, yeah. um, so that that was you know at the go. I also organised. I think it was at Scotland Brazil under 15s with with a boy Ross Clark who played um, for the Scotland under 15s. And he actually played against Michael Owen, and Michael Owen still tops his best goal ever scored at Wembley. Played against England as well, England under 15s. And um, I, I put this was my first year there. I, I put a wee thing out saying who would like to come, and we took 400 uh, pupils on buses. Um, so that was half. Was that, was that down at Wembley? No, no, that, that was too. Sorry, that was when Scotland played Brazil at Hamden. Oh, Hamden, sorry. Um, and uh, so, you know, the, uh, you, you, you know, obviously just uh, that's when I immediately realised, you know, how much, you know, um, Les Mahego pupils are invested in, you know, extracurricular stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so what was yeah, that like half, half the school away then? That was half the school, yeah. That's and we actually we did realise that as a result, we, 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 we got a free set of strips that, you know, the school who had sold the most tickets, and we'd sold the most tickets by Brilliant. 300, 300, and that's probably, and Les Mahego being, as you possibly know, the smallest school in, in Lanarkshire. So it was just, it was great, you know. Um, but, you know, certainly memorable experiences, great higher classes. Also, was lucky enough to um, be asked by someone um, and the PTA um, who um, asked me to represent a charity, it was called Cancer Backup. And, um, and essentially it was to go and raise funds for, for, um, for that charity, for cancer awareness. Um, and we, I went to the Andes for a week and the, and the Amazon jungle for a week. And, you know, that was, um, wow. that was another burning experience. So, um, and again, the charitable children of, um, of Les Mahego raised 10,000 pounds for us to go there. So yeah, that, that was, that was great. Certainly those things are very memorable in terms of challenges. Um, starting new schools when on uh, probation was always really hard. Um, I think, you know, um, I've got lots of stories where handed a key by principal teacher and saying, right, just what, just um, there's a key, just lock yourself in. Um, handed one basketball and turning around with, you know, 30 bears and then saying, right, okay, just make sure you don't let anybody else come, come in from the outside. You know, and, and of course, just... You know, um, things like that, right? stuff, stuff like that. that. That was the kind of stuff 
the, um, mm-hmm. and probation when you were a new guy, um, sometimes you had to contend mm-hmm. with. But, you know, they're actually, they, they make you a more rounded, capable member of staff, you know, but it's it, it's not a bad thing in your early days being all mm-hmm. over the place and dealing with that, you know. So, I just before Kier, uh comes on here, just, I had to ask you, Greg, where does being on Noble Podcast rank in your memorable experiences? Who does been on the wee bit of everything podcast? Oh, oh that, that, this is number one. This is number one. <laughs> good, answer, good answer. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Right. This is number one. <laughs> right, like here, what about yourself? Memorable experiences so far in your career? Again, obviously, um, the world's moved on a wee bit from when Greg was uh, an NQT um, in terms of what he came up against. But I think for me, again, the most memorable moments for me is is, is going away again with with young people. Um, or even just having in-school events is what the young people remember. If I think back to when I was at school, what is that I remember about school? And it was a big event, the pre department hosted, it was a whole school celebrations, it was a charity stuff, it was a fun run stuff, it was all the stuff. I don't remember personally a lot of stuff from when I was actually in class at school. It's, it's the really rich experiences you get from, from outside the classroom. So for me as a teacher, uh, I've, been, I've been lucky enough to go skiing you know, four, four separate occasions with young people to like, so to Austria and to Italy and to France. I've been lucky enough to go to Belgium, to Holland. Um, to The last trip I went to was actually to Salou. Um, had a great, ship, uh, great, great trip with um, Gary Shepherd, um, one of my colleagues at Stonewall, where we took 85 children to Salou to a kind of sports tour. And we had, what, maybe about 12 members of staff with us. Um, great resort, great hotel. Great from the young people, the sports were incredible, the facilities were, were out of this world. But these really kind of great experiences we've had with these um, mm. young people were out there and the camaraderie amongst staff and, and pupils really kind of made it kind of worthwhile for them. But I suppose in addition to that, some of my most memorable experiences has probably been in-house when I was at Dunkirk um, and even my first year at Stonewall. We kind of hosted, for example, Sportathon events. And back uh, when we did Sportathon, it was a full, full 12 hour shift. Mm. You know, young people would arrive, you know, at nine o'clock at night and you'd be having them in the building until nine o'clock in the morning. And you'd be under pressure to do new activities every single hour. And um, I worked with great people um, when I was there, namely, obviously, Greg was there, Richie was there at the same time, Vicky Rice was there at the same time, Victoria Graham, Jennifer Nielsen these great members of staff that we work together to put on a show, I suppose. For, yeah. is, that for raising money? is that raising money as well? Or is it just... just... Yeah, raising money, basically raising money for, we raise money that night for charity, um, for the P department, for obviously requisition, but also for whole school fund to help fund buses and things. And Brilliant. I issued the first year we ran it, um, you know, it was, it was kind of ran by, by Vicky Rice actually led us through. I'm pretty sure that one, that the first one was with Vicky. And, um, you know, raised you know about over ten thousand pounds that night, um, and which was fantastic for having over two hundred young people in the building. And I think that still, we still adopt that model in our own sportathons. Um, our next sportathon is planned for September, um, but we're probably going to go a slightly uh, a slightly shorter time. To be honest with you, that twelve hours, the last three hours was uh, was absolute torture, uh, trying to <laughs> encourage staff, uh, also trying to stop the. Um, the acting head teacher falling asleep in the P base as well at the time, which was George Randall. Um, he won't mind me mentioning that uh, tonight. Um, but yeah, listen, great. I, I, I actually fell asleep standing up. Actually, I <laughs> fell asleep standing That's up. That's a skill in itself. Yeah. I know, no, another must be physically. 
Yeah. So what's the kids like? Does the kids stay the full night or do they do like kind of half No, they're, they're there. Um, they're not allowed. They're not allowed to go home. It's You sign really? up for 12 hours. You're there for 12 hours. There's no sleeping, no sleeping bags, no pillows. You're, you're there for exercise. 12, 12 hours. And I think one of the mistakes we probably made that year was we, we told them to go home and then come back. Of course, you're just prolonging the experience. We probably should have done it maybe from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Okay, that, okay. Between six o'clock to, to in the morning to nine o'clock in the morning was a was a real tough shift. Trying to really trying to galvanise staff, mm-hmm. kind of dipped in and out. I think if I remember, Greg, staff yeah. dipped in and out. But uh, the kind of strong core of eight of us, we we stayed the, the full night. We had coaches and different clubs coming in from the local area at different times and help us deliver different activities. But it was an outstanding event um, that, that was done up, up there and. And that's been replicated by a number of schools now, I believe, across the authority. So, again, great, great experiences that will stay with me forever. So, um, yeah, that's, a, that's good for our listeners listening in as, a, as an idea as well. And um, I, we, we always, we, we've been speaking about that as well, Lewis, about the trip. We organised a trip to Man City Villa, both our schools, just the last day of the season there. And what, a, what an experience for the kids to be, to, to be there, to see them win the league in the last 20 minutes. It was a brilliant weekend um, for everybody. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. Just need to turn the laptop around. No, I'm, I'm just saying I, I, um, I don't think we can forget how fortunate we are about the, um, you know, about the experiences that we can share with, with, with young people. It's just it's brilliant. I think we're really lucky the things that we can expose them to and we can be involved in as well. It's it's very fortunate. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah, right, and, right. and that, that's what makes it worthwhile. Definitely, uh, definitely. Um, I've this is the 99th episode, and I've just realised that I've taken Lucy's question. So sorry, Lewis. Um, <laughs> all make mistakes. Eh? You can go with the th- you can go with the third one then. <laughs> definitely. Up. Yep, um, I'll, I'll take the, the lead in that one, uh, Lewis, just now. So I think the fact that health and well-being has been established as one of the three pillars, the curricular pillars and curriculum for excellence alongside literacy and numeracy demonstrates the central importance that, that PE has in our schools and, and certainly um, as recognised um, by the Scottish Government. And, and, and that's a, in addition to obviously what we've just discussed about um, that you you know that those broader experiences of the of school trips and so on we've just spoken about that allows pupils to have their most memorable school moments and and fostering a, a kind of a deeper sense of school community so absolutely you know as a heartbeat of curriculum and you know the the, the what they call the, the informal curriculum or or, or extracurricular um, activity but i mean just for the the records just for the PE record, I was actually explaining this to my higher class today, and there's a 
Um, there's a person that I read um, or have been reading just, just now is an American, American psychologist, Jordan Peterson, and, and he advises quite simply that if you want to get more intelligent and nourish that complex organ of the brain, the, 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 the number one fact is exercise, right? So, um, you know, I think that that's the, the reality of its place. And, you know, just even in terms of personal development, um, and if you want to be more socially adept, then, you know, take part in sport. If you want to be more emotionally balanced, guess what? Exercise, you know. So I don't think we can, um, I, I don't think there's any escaping the importance of it, um, you know, of, of, of PE and sport. And certainly it, it has its place. In terms of maximising time, um, how we maximise kids' time, I think that's absolutely everything we should do should lead to that. Absolutely. And greater productivity in a PE lesson. Um, so how, how do we do that? I, I think it's been really well planned, high expectations, really good order. Um, and, and I mean, we, we kid on, but you know, I'm thinking about um, Keir's predecessor, Alan Byrne. I mean, he was a guy who was, um, you know, he was manic about keeping his cupboards uh, in, in order and being accessible so that you, you start your lesson promptly and, you know, so pace right at the start and you maintain that pace. And I, and I think, you know, as a PT, we try and put as much, I would try and put as much as we can, the entire budget on lots of equipment that allows for increased touches in a ball, you know, more shots in a mat. Uh, and and the, the wee thing that I would probably consider is you do practice that allows for lots of chunking to include that, in, you know, those immersive ingredients about decision making, rhythm and timing, challenge, multiple touches. So I'm a great fan, fan of kind of small sided games. So I think, um, I think we've got a responsibility to make sure that there's order and activity and pace, and then making sure that, of, of course, the activity allows as much participation and engagement as possible. So that's how I think we try and maximise time. But anyway, that's just, you know, that, that's me. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Keir will have his own thoughts on it. So, um, but that's my, my perspective in terms of uh, making the most of that, that short time that we do. Although we've actually just gone, you know, um, obviously in the pandemic, post-pandemic, we've gone from one period to two periods. And actually, um, that means, of course, that's half the time of changing. You know, um, that of course, a lot of time is, there's a lot of dead time lost to people changing uh, and changing. Yeah. And so um, all of a sudden, you know, with the two periods a week, you're doing, you know, you're only having to do that once and get a double period. So, you, you know, um, you can invest a wee bit more time in, in your teaching. So, um, yeah, I was, anyway, just so ask, I was just going to ask that. Actually, do you think two 50 minute periods is enough? Because with the amount of time that you do spend getting changed, but that's good that you've got an extra period of it. Well, I mean, when I say an extra period, we've got, you know, we've got, it's, it's now a double as opposed to two singles. So, uh -huh. you know, um, so, in fact, it just means more activity time. So, yep. I don't know if that's if that's the feature elsewhere, but it's certainly I think that's been, you know, um, one of the pluses in, in the post-pandemic um, yeah. evolution uh, in, in PE. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, in, in old money, of course, at one point, I think the original, you know, kind of PE, um, I think 
arrangement was was it was supposed to be I think two hours between you know age three to eighteen and I think that evolved you know to two two periods in, in secondary schools because of course that was that that's just it's the more functional way that we construct the day mm-hmm. but um, but yeah absolutely it's about making as much in that short time as you can so you've got to be absolutely on it and of course I think if you ask children who are the teachers that they they think are the best it will be ones who are already standing at the door ready to roll so. Um, and you know, mm. so that, that, that's you know that's imperative that we get you know, we get started quickly, you know. Yeah, sure. So just on that kind of line of um, how many periods you can get a week, I think it's two fifty-minute periods you kind of get now nationally. But we're very fortunate; um, we have three um, for first and second year, so we have a a double period and a single period. Um, and like yourselves, we just kind of come off that model of that, that kind of COVID model. And we were all doubles up until two weeks ago. And we returned to those single periods this week, which is the first time we've done in two years. And it really is, see, trying to get those young people in those changing rooms, back into those changing rooms, into mm-hmm. activity. I mean, you struggle. If you get 30 minutes of high quality learning teaching, I think, I think, yeah, I think you're very, very lucky. So, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, so not, they're, they're just not used to it, are they? No. Uh, I, think, I, think, I don't think staff are a bit out of sync with that as well, I think. Yeah. We've been so used to having maybe a bit more flexibility and a bit more time. I mean, I'm a big fan of the double periods, if I'm honest with you. Um, I think it's really good. It cuts out changing time. It cuts out the nonsense in the change rooms as well because they're in there less, yeah. a less amount of time as well. But um, but in terms, sorry, sorry, Lewis, in terms of your question, um, I think in terms of that kind of being the real heartbeat of the school, I absolutely agree with Greg, you know, and, and all his points. I've kind of looked at it from a, a slightly different angle. I'll probably add by saying that, that schools should build their whole school ethos around an excellent PE department. That, that, and, and I have been really fortunate enough. I work in, a, in a, an excellent PE department uh, up, you know, at Stonewall, and that has been an excellent PE department since before I was there uh, under the under uh, Alan Byrne and, and obviously Greg's um, P department um, up at Dunkirk is, is also another fantastic department. PE teachers have got unique connections uh, with young people and I'm maybe a bit biased with that but I think making these connections is so vital for young people. These connections foster relationships and trust which would turns into um, building numbers in the department in terms of building capacity building uptake, it builds extracurricular uh, numbers, it, it gives also, I think, builds capacity and staff across the rest of the school to come down and maybe help out with clubs or help out with events or, or take. So for me, I do believe the, the P department is, is the heartbeat of the school, but I think the, the P department is, as well as learning teaching and assessment that happens every single period, and that's the greatest influence you have over young people when you've got them in the class. I think the ethos you build within your department and, and with your staff and making these unique connections is what really makes it for, 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 um, for, for young people. Um, and looking at kind of maximizing learning opportunities, um, I mean, it's, it's our bread and butter as the people who are on this, on this podcast uh, tonight, and I'm sure most of your listeners will probably agree, but those extracurricular events, you know, those, those, those clubs, those teams, the trips, the fundraising events you do, the inter-house, giving young people identity, whether you give them a different colour t-shirt or whether it's a written t-shirt which says sports leader on it or or higher class or indeed if it's a different colour. Um, 
those, those relentless standards you have, you know, making sure it's equitable for, for everyone within within your department, um, or within your your your, um, your school. And I think for me, that that heartbeat of school comes on on young people feeling valued. And I think the same as staff. If staff feel valued and and young people feel valued, then that that that's your heartbeat. That that that's the heartbeat of school. The heartbeat of your school is the P department, but actually the bigger heartbeat of the school is probably the people that are within within that whole uh, within that whole school. So, um, and yeah, that that that's what I would say in terms of the heartbeat of the school and, and kind of in terms of that physical education, that quality physical education we talked about there. One thing Greg kind of said before was about spending your whole requisition on equipment. On listen, the more opportunities you give for young people to develop um, their mental, emotional, social, and physical well-being, the better. But I'd probably go that a wee bit further by and the more opportunities you get, you give young people to make decisions on their own um, to thrive, to progress, and, and, and to grow. Um, I think you know the more opportunities you give that for young people, the, the quicker they'll progress. But actually, the more they give back to you and to the school. So I know it's a bit more long-winded, but that's what I would. Good. See, see, see on the opportunity side of it, is it have you been involved or have you offered anything like usually the traditional model as you go in BG National Five higher? Is there any like courses like, or anything you've done with the curriculum, like at Stonewall or Duncan Rig, where you've offered something maybe in the BG or? Like an alternative MPA, anything yeah. you've done on that side of it? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll go first. That's okay, Greg. Greg, we um, we do we have a leadership pathway that goes you know from S one all through to S six. We do leadership right. as part of a BG block, if that kind of makes sense. Um, yeah. Our BG block, I think they cover maybe eighteen different activities over the kind of two years. But in third and fourth year, we do the Nat five uh, skills for work, the Nat five sport and recreation course. We brought that into S three and S four now. Um, which is the 24 credits uh, SCQF points you get for that. We brought that down into there, which is a, essentially a sports leadership course. Um, so they have that that pathway from first and second year into into there, and into the senior school. Uh, our other pathway is to go into the kind of sports development course. We have done sports leaders UK in the past um, as well, but they have that other model where they can become a sports leader or or follow a different pathway. And within that, um, we've done the S, uh, SFA refereeing course. We've done uh, MPA, MPA, um, MPA courses within there as well. The first day one is the one that we're going to be starting this year with the SQA as well. So um, our kind of plan is we kind of start off a bit smaller. Um, maybe nine years ago when I first started slow by bringing sports leadership in the the senior phase and what we've done is we went kind of from a, a top-down approach we kind of have those two those two kind of pathways that young people can they, they, they can follow now um which yeah that's good is that is the third and fourth year sport rec and core or did they pick it in third year no they they, they pick it um right. so we have a column k which is an elective column so they get to pick either like things like computer uh, computer games development they might pick duke edinburgh they might pick sports leadership yeah, uh, they might they might pick um, you know a, a well-being qualification. It depends on, on what the options are. But we have two periods a week every week where um, they start the course in the January, uh, so it's like almost there for eighteen months, if if you like. 
and they start that course in January in third year, and that follows through until the end of, of fourth year, yep. which allows us to not only have our elective comms for nationals and for, for hires, but also to have that leadership qualification as well. And I think the other additional qualification we brought in a couple of years ago, Gary Shepard brought in our school of rugby, Right. Which uh, and we went a massive rugby school at the time, and now the number of young people that, that Gary has participated in rugby uh, is phenomenal. Uh, if I'm honest, uh, and the model he's kind of um, we're hoping to replicate that maybe for more activities kind of going forward. But that that features where young people are, are extracted from other classes, so that's almost given almost like a third model um, yeah. for for young people to follow, and that's S1 to. The S4, so that's our current offering. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's great because I may be their first time taking part in rugby and then it just kind of, kind of springs from there that they might then join a club as well. That's great. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, I think 40% of our school rugby is girls, uh, which is phenomenal um, for girls' participation. And actually, so much so the Campus Line Rugby Club, you know, they've been inundated by requests from girls. Um, and, and as a result, that club has been thriving for years, but now there's a real strong school club link between Stonewall High School and Camsland Rugby Club, which is which is brilliant. Brilliant. Um. So, so sorry. And S, I sorry. And S one and S two is obviously within the BGE. So we do, uh, because we get them three periods a week, essentially, or three 50 minutes, or as I said earlier on, it's 150 minutes we get with them a week. We do uh, small blocks of work. We tend to do three or four blocks of work, uh, weeks of, of work with different activities. And then one of those blocks of work is a leadership block, um, a leadership block. Uh, so they do that leadership, and we give them a Stonewall Leadership Award, um, which isn't formalised. Um, we formalise it within the school, but not formalised with a, a governing body. And then essentially, they get that qualification, and then they can go and then use that, um, and they start to feel more responsibility within lessons for taking warm-ups and, and taking aspects of the lesson to really kind of foster those uh, leadership skills with them. But when they go into third and fourth year, um, uh, we have, we're lucky enough to have four PE as a separate entity. We then have a leadership pathway, again, that, that's an elective one. And in addition to that, we also have uh, our nationals where they pick. So essentially, a young person will have four PE. They could also pick a leadership pathway and they could also pick a national pathway. So some of our young people in third and fourth year have two periods of, of um, core PE, essentially. They have an additional two periods of leadership. And have an additional three periods of of national P within there as well, so um, which is great. Well, so what I would say is that this is our first year. We've done 
Sports of the UK for a number of years. It's a great course, the Sports of the UK courses that have been brilliant for us. And I ran them at Dunkirk when I was there as well. Um, and with the volume of numbers we had coming through our leadership pathway, we originally had the, the sport recreation course, so that's a, a fifth and sixth year course we did. But we were quite keen to bring level six qualifications in that pathway into fifth and sixth year. Um, so that's when, and we really liked the SD sport recreation course, which is why we moved that one down to the third and fourth year. And the units of work uh, are really quite, um, are, are really quite simple for young people to follow. Uh, we found, um, and we'll continue to use Sports Leisure UK, but probably just in a slightly different pathway. The dance leadership qualifications, Sports Leisure UK, we do them as well um, with active schools, and, and again. Great pathways that that, 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 that they have ran for us. Um, but I would, if you can, I would encourage you to have a separate leadership pathway to your core classes. I think um, it, more young people in your department, which is always a positive thing, but also I think it gives um, young people kind of defined roles within that as well. Essentially, essentially, I think core PE, being that pepas guy for, the, for that period of time with South Lanarkshire, I'm a big I'm a big fan of keeping core PE for core PE. Yeah. Keeping I think there's so much value from core PE, and I'm not a, a massive fan of of replacing that with qualifications. I know some schools do and some authorities do, and that's absolutely fine. But for me, core PE is absolutely essentially got its place on the PE curriculum um, for for young people's well-being. Essentially, yeah, you need to be practical. Yeah, keep it uh, get the activity levels up. As you spoke about earlier, what about yourself, Greg? Up at Duncan Rig, curriculum wise? Uh, we we have um, we've obviously got the academic uh, academic route, which is the national uh, courses. And yes, we have um, you know we've got quite a number of strands. Which um, I think we've got an NPA football course. We've got a um, I think in fifth year we do a sport and rec. Sport recreation, which is obviously similar to what Keir's talking about, it's, it's leadership based, but it, but it has you know different facets. Um, as well as that, I think we, we go on to if you're an S5, you can then you know and go and do a level six in sports development. And if you've kind of plateaued, we've got a, an NPA a team sports, which is separate from the, the football one. In fact, we can do it, we've got a, um, approval for NPA individual sports as well. So, yeah, there's you know, we do advanced hire as well. So, you know, there's and um, there's headroom and there's also a um, breadth. So, yeah, it's um, I think there's enough for. You know the um, the variety of interest that steps in 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 your in your door. You know, good stuff, good stuff. Um, right, thanks for sharing that. Then we're moving on to a kind of different. We're moving down a different path. Then in terms of um, both these are obviously principal teachers. I'm sure you've you've been leading change across as you were speaking about your curriculum. There is probably one thing. Is there anything you you've been particularly proud of in terms of what you've implemented or changed or achieved like, like with your team with your your PE departments over the years? Well, um, yeah, I mean, um, in terms of that, that, that kind of first element of leading change, just to, to come back to that bit of a leading change, I think it's really important if you're going to lead change, right, that I think um, it's really important that you, you build culture. I think it's really important you've got a clear idea of what good looks like. Um, and, and I think I was fortunate that uh, as a teaching associate at Strathclyde Uni, I was, I was out and I saw lots of good practice. Um, obviously, working in the examining team with SQA, you, you, you speak to lots of good staff, uh, you know, good, good P 
PTs, and of course you get a, you get a real good sense of um, of what they are doing, which is get earning results. And and again, so that you know that that's in terms of leading change, I think that's that, that's the, the you know the, the you know the top and most important ingredient is knowing what you're trying to change. Uh, and then of course, it's just that daily challenge of making sure that um, that you are, that you put the, 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 the blocks in place to, to achieve those, you know, that, that yeah. big, you know, uh, that big picture that you're trying to achieve, you know, um, and, and in terms of, so yeah, as a something I've been proud about, um, I think, um, I think I'm, I'm, Proud of the fact, I suppose more than anything, I think I'm proud of the fact that I can declare the people I work with as friends. I think that that's what I'm proud about, you know, in terms of from a, even from a professional perspective, I think I'm really lucky to work with people who we are together with engendered some kind of unconscious kind of self-motivating force that still allows a space for friendship. Um, in terms of what we've achieved, we've been lucky enough to get a gold award, and we've had, you know, we've had a very successful HMI inspection. Um, we, you know, we've got solid attainment we've had for, for a number of years. We've got thriving clubs, but but I think I think more importantly, I think I'm proud of the the people and the way they interact with children every day. That that's what I think is the greatest achievement if, if truth if truth absolutely be told. Um yeah, I think that's yeah um, that's where I sit on it. So you see in terms of the culture and kind of understanding what is good, um is it important then that you share that amongst the team that you're working with? Has that ever not been a challenge, but is, can that be the tricky part trying to um, know, achieve, achieve that as a team? And no no I d I don't think don't think it's a, the the challenge is um, recognizing what good is. I, actually, I, th I think um, I, th I think that the challenge is actually um, trying to go from um, a, you know a perspective, a picture, a vision to you know every day um, mm -hmm. delivery. I think I think the biggest challenge I think is that actually everybody is. You know, everybody's invested and wants to do the same thing, but you know, of course, we're, we're all pulled in different directions. Yeah, I think I get, it's get about freeing up space for people to be able to plan. I think that's the you know, I think if you can free people up to plan, then I think you get more consistency across the team. Um, but I think the the, the, the important, the really important thing about being a PT, I think, is the, is the fact that you continue to look out. And and you know, and actually, strange enough, I, I emailed, um, Paddy Cuthbertson recently, who is the uh, president of SAT PE, and just said, you know, can you put me in touch with, um, you know, some, you, I, again, I'm, I'm always trying to evolve and speak to good people, but, you know, you don't want to be too comfortable and just, you know, um, the people who are in your own authority. I think you've got to continue to look out, and I really encourage um, the people within our own team at Duncan Wright to do the same thing, to continue to, to go and look at other people. And, and essentially that's what you guys are doing with this podcast, you're sharing, you know, um, perspective with, you know, with people who hopefully have got some experience and some success. And of course, that's what you're doing all the time. You're, you're, you're interacting and, you, you know, um, seeking feedback, but, but it's, uh, but of course, it's not one way. I mean, it, it's absolutely about you know trying to share what you know. Um, it, it should hopefully be a, um, that you know everyone's a winner. 
you know, that we, um, whoever we're, we're, we're discussing with, there's, there's quality dialogue that helps everyone, you know, so, uh, yeah. and sharing practice that helps everyone. And ultimately, we shouldn't be too precious or guarded about that because it's about helping young people in Scotland. So, you know, yeah. I think we've got an obligation to support each other. So, uh, I don't even know if that answered your question, Mayor Clark, but anyway, um, no, that, certainly that, answered mine. That, that certainly did. Um, thanks very much for, for sharing that. Um, about your kind of leading change and, you know, being proud of your team. So, Kia, what about yourself? Um, anything to, to add there or anything different? Yeah. Um, I'm kind of proud of this moment. Um, for me, um, I suppose for me, the team I have this now, that would be you know, totally cliche and they'll no doubt um, slag me for, for saying this, but I think the team I have this now, our opportunities are endless. And um, I would say my greatest achievement um, it's probably it's probably recruitment. If I'm really honest with you, um, you know, I just help manoeuvre them. You know, uh, we recruit really well, and the the achievements that we've achieved in our department and our school is down to the team that that work around or work with me every single day. Um, as I say, I'm just a guy that's in there that um, manoeuvres them into position, and, and and they they absolutely deliver every single time. Um, but boy, my, one of my proudest moments, and, and I, I, put, I learned this from Greg Wilson, I learned this from uh, George Wynn, from George Randall, that relationships are, are the most important thing within a department. And if you don't have relationships, then you don't have anything. It's that whole cliche, you know, uh, teamwork makes a dream work, as I tell my own two children every single day when they're battering lumps out of each other, you know, for the remote control or whatever. But, um, but, but, for me, um, it's about those relationships that I'm really proud of because um, I'm fortunate enough to work with really great people um, and they've fostered those relationships with each other, which has allowed us to kind of build a, a real strong model um, moving forward. So yeah, I would say my greatest achievement um, has been my ability to probably recruit um, yeah. great people. Yeah, that actually really hits home actually because we always speak about relationships with young people, but I've never really spoke about it on the podcast about you know, staff as well, so. Well, it's, it's funny, just, sorry to, um, to interrupt you there, Clark, but I, I, would, right. I would absolutely agree. I think sometimes as adults, as teachers, um, I think sometimes we, we lose sight of that we are the adults and um, actually, you know, the children, we are encouraging their relationships every single day, but actually, if you go into work and you've got poor relationships with um, your staff, or with the people you work with every day, that will have a knock-on effect with the young people you're working with. And I think it's really important that within a department, I think PD departments are great at this. Uh, they work in, in, in harmony. And yeah, you have your days where people don't like what you've said or what you've suggested, or sometimes when you do instill leadership in, in some of your colleagues, they might not go the same direction that you wanted them to go in. You've also got to trust them to get to that point that they want to do. And I think that's part of being a principal teacher is, is you can't own everything. And I was guilty of that my first two years. Uh, it's still one of my hardest two years of my life. Um, you know, I tried to do tried to try to do everything the whole time. And until you learn that kind of trade of really instilling, you know, uh, leadership in others, um, and then you have to trust them. If you're going to give people tasks to do and lead things, you've got to trust them mm -hmm. to deliver on that job. And I think that's really, really important because those relationships help foster those relationships with kids. Yeah, it must be you know, difficult to start with, you know, when you distribute the leadership, but I suppose 
all comes down to the trust at the end of the day and hopefully they deliver, which I'm sure they have for you. So, mm. um, right, well, moving on to the last part of the, the main part of the episode before we move on to the quick fire round. Um, lastly then, Greg, what makes a high, what in your opinion, Solly, makes a high quality PE lesson? Um, okay, well, if, if I'm being really honest, Clark, I'm not a great fan of this illusionary perspective of the high quality lesson. Right, I, I think I don't like the idea of just turning it on for the perfect student crit or the HMIE one-off lesson. I think we want to children to be a bit more ambitious, and so I, I, you know, so if I'm being really honest, um, I try and ask if, if I'm, and really that this is when I'm essentially when I'm when I'm sharing my, um, you know, my my thoughts about you know a. a quality lesson um, with students. I'll, I'll talk about, you know, planning over a series of lessons, you know, starting at the end, what do you hope to have achieved, working back from a desired outcome, and, and that brings real clarity and purpose to lesson planning and, and, and that objective of culminating your efforts towards an event. So um, I, I like the idea of, you know, um, the fact that we're moving towards something. Uh, you know that that's essentially. So I don't really like to think about a lesson because I don't think you're moving towards something. Um, I, I think there should be a theme in a lesson, absolutely. But I think you know there should be. You know we're moving in a direction, and I mm -hmm. think what happens in a, in, a, in a lesson sometimes you don't move in a direction because when you're starting something new, of course, it's failure. Yeah. Um, so. Um, so you know that 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 that's just a perspective, you know. So I'm not trying to be clever here. I'm just saying. No, that, I, like, I like that. Yeah. Um, you know. So, but but of course, as part of that, if you're going to talk about a you know high quality series of lessons, I think it's really important. Again, I think I touched on earlier on. Really well planned, high expectations, really good order, pace at the start, lots of touches. What's a chunking of you know of all the elements of, of learning, scaled down competition, but actually, and, and this comes from, I think you know I remember reading this. It was a, it was a book on you know the, what makes. I think it was the um, it was a program about Steve Jobs or a, or a book of Steve Jobs, and, and it was about um, what made his uh, presentations so, so impressive. And and they talked about three things. It was about making them novel emotional and memorable and I think you know that shouldn't just be the domain of, of an extracurricular program you know and um, I think that's really important that we try can we try and get that in, in a series of lessons or in, in a lesson if we're going to talk about that you know um, top end quality lesson and um, that you know is it novel is it emotional is it memorable that's good. Um, uh, and, and I think naturally as part of that theme uh, over a series of lessons, there should be checking, revisiting, learning as, as part of a kind of evaluative cycle. You know, so um, yeah. So th yeah. that that essentially is as we as we're a set on lessons. Yeah, lessons, I, I, I like that one. one. Novel, memorable, and um, emotional. emotional. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really really good. But I've been um, emotional through most of the things that Kira said tonight. Right, I've got just I've got a box of tissues at the side here, but. Anyway, I'll, um... yeah. So yeah. So I was just I was going <laughs> <laughs> to I was going to say um, we'll we'll change that for the next the next episode. Then we'll change it to a series of lessons, Greg. Yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> here we go. Um, always learning, always evolving. Exactly.
Yeah, yeah. Aye. That is true. That is true, though, when you set a learning intention, like sometimes it does take two or three lessons. It's quite unrealistic sometimes to get through it all in the one lesson. And I think you put a pressure on yourself to get through it as well and you rush through it and then just Absolutely. move on to something, something completely different in the next lesson rather yeah. than yeah. spend a bit more time on it. I, right, so, I, just, I just like this idea of what are you working towards. Yeah, that's good. You know, so. Yeah. yeah. Nice one. Right, okay, moving on to the last one for yourself. Um, looking at it from a kind of teaching teacher point of view, what makes a high quality teacher, in your opinion? PE teacher to be more precise. Yeah, sorry. sure. Um, well, I'm very fortunate. I think working with Vicky Rice, I think if you work with Vicky Rice, then you become um, a high quality PE teacher. And, and joking aside, the, the work she's done with the gathering and teaching in retrieval has, has been phenomenal. Um, and a lot of that stuff that uh, Vicky speaks about is, is very similar to what Greg's mantra is in philosophy. As, um, the only thing I'd probably add to what Greg has, has said, and it's something which I, I share with my department every single day, is you've got a learning teaching, you've got your uh, learning intentions, you've got a success criteria, you've got your assessment cards, you've got your sales, you've got your benchmarks, you've got you know, your retrieval cards. But actually, one of the most important things for me um, is that we, mu we must wrap around the young person. And we, don't, we can't expect every young person in this day and age to wrap around us. And I think gone are the days where the teacher delivers and just expects the young people to then follow and hoping that you, know, you, you aim for the middle and you're hoping that the people at the top will be there and the people maybe at the bottom will hopefully catch up. I think the, the days that we work in, um, definitely my lessons and since I was at Dunkirk is sort of wrapping around the, the young person. Um, as teachers and adults, we've got to adapt to every single young person in our class. We can't expect young people to change, which is what we want young people to do essentially sometimes, is change. Um, but learning and teaching is a not a one-way process. Learning and teaching must be about getting to know those young people, building that ethos with young people, building those relationships with young people, building that trust with young people. I think when you've got that established, I think, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's limitless. You, know, you, can, you can go on to really progress young people through um, within your classroom and out with your classroom. So I, I do I love Greg's mantra of, um, of having a, a kind of an end goal and almost mm. like a novel. You're taking young people through chapter by chapter by chapter. But for me, chapter one uh, is, is build those, again, I'll say it again, those relationships and building that ethos with those young people. When they trust you, they invest in you, you wrap around them, you make learning teaching for them. And for me, that's what a, a high-quality PE teacher uh, does. That's what makes those unique connections. With yeah, I like that. I think we had a previous guest on who spoke, spoke about that as well in terms of like you've got a, a class of 30, you're almost teaching 30 se separate lessons, which can be very challenging, obviously, for the teacher. But he'd said, try and get around every pupil. I think it was Donnie McLeod. said, try and get around every pupil in one lesson, even if it's just smiling, eye contact. Try and get around every pupil in one lesson. That can obviously help. Which kind of got me thinking when Kia was speaking there, so... I would agree, I would agree 100%. I think young people come to your lessons. We essentially provide a service for young people, um, essentially, and it's up to us to provide a service which is equitable for, for all of them. And go back to Greg's point there, 
you know, and I've seen it myself. I've seen some, you know, teachers or students in the past really turning a really great lesson on for an observation lesson or a crit. But and that's great for those 30 young people who are attending that lesson. What about the 30 young people who attend all your other lessons? Do they not deserve the same level of planning and, and same level of investment, you know, uh, to, to thrive as well. So, and, you know, it's really difficult trying to have a, a high quality lesson every single period. Let's be honest with you. Yeah, with right. each other here, it's, it's, it's almost impossible. I've taught seven periods today and I'm not going to pretend that I've had seven high quality lessons today. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> um, I had one yesterday. Um, of course... <laughs> You know, you've got to you've got to shoot for the stars. But actually, uh, what I did have in my lessons today is is those real good, great relationships, great feedback with young people, and and and, and again, um, really helping them progress uh, within within the activity that we're doing today. So yeah, that's where I sit with that. I mean, right, thanks uh, both of you then for a really thought provoking and insightful uh, main part of the podcast. Really enjoyed the. Uh, talking there. Um, I've learned a few things f- from both of you, so I've got a few notes as well. Um, Lewis, will, Lewis will kick his off with the, the quick fire round, which he absolutely, absolutely loves. Mine would be, um, quite simply, um, it would just say, be kind. Um, that's what my bill would, would say. Um, a wise man once told me that if you be kind, you know, you'll get it back uh, in spades. So for me, billboard, maybe it would say Greg's house, maybe it would say, you know, your house, it would just say, be kind. Everyone's house. Everyone's yeah. house. Good show. Good show. Um, people, books. Um, well, I, I, in terms of you know people who have had the biggest influence in me, it's, it's got to be my, my family. It's got to be my um, you know my 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 mum and dad, and you know my um, my wife, my uh, my young son. We, you know they, these. It has to be, you know, those people have to be my brother and sister. These are the people who have had the biggest influence on me. Um, in terms of a book, um, and and this certainly relates to to the people I was just talking about there. That there's a there's a book that has certainly shaped how I try and behave. And um, although I didn't behave like that at the five sides tonight, I've got to say, but um, it's a book by a guy called Paul Gilbert. It's called The Compassionate Mind. Um, and essentially, it's compassionate people who influence me the most. Um, and, and I'm lucky enough to, to say that I work in a P department with very compassionate people who remind me. So that's why I'm fortunate in terms of them, them influencing me that the P department every day remind me how to, cheat, uh, to treat children. Not to cheat tri- children, by the way, not, not to cheat them, right? Um, <laughs> But, but to be fair, right, I probably had cheated a few in my, in my time at Badminton, right? But, um, yeah, but you know, um, and, and so I'm reminded all the time about um, how, you know, how we should be behaving with, with young people. And actually, I'm so impressed with the, the current bunch incumbents that I've got in our department at the moment with their skill and how they interact with pupils every day. And, and in fact, I'm going to praise this man beside me here because um, he taught me a big lesson one time when I remember a pupil of mine came in and just asked a question uh, about something, but they were quite upset, but they obviously didn't really want to ask that question, they just, were just bothered about something, and I, I just, and I, and I missed it, and I remember walking down the corridor maybe about five minutes later and seeing a, you know, just a, a wee boy pulling his heart out in Kia, 
you know, just been so engaged with them and I thought, I missed that. And, and you know, so, um, you know, people who are compassionate are, are, are people who impress me. And, and certainly in our job, they're the people who impress me. And hence, hence the reason this, this man here, when, when, um, when he was given then a permanent job in this school uh, at Duncan Rigg, I thought we, um, to use Keir's phrase earlier on, we'd want to watch. And, um, and, and, and hence the reason any time that we, when, when we think about recruitment, you know, it's about, you know, what kind of character have you got? It's not just talent, it's what kind of character are you bringing? So, yes, you know, th th these are my influences. That was the quick fire round, wasn't it? <laughs> well, you're only halfway. I'll, uh, I'll make this as, as quick as possible. So, uh, yeah, influential people, um, definitely obviously family and friends. I won't go for the full Oscar speech uh, that Greg had a second ago, but um, my, my sister has probably had the greatest influence on me. She absolutely cut throat. I think sometimes in life you need, you need that from people. Um, the three big people in my life in terms of my career is, um, has has been obviously Greg beside me who shaped my career. Alison Craig, head teacher at Trinity High, who was deputy before. Also, she was PT before that. She was um, one of my, my kind of senior um, senior teachers when uh, I was active schools. And the other one is is a woman called Hilary Templeton. Hilary Templeton works for Sports Scotland. I think she's retiring this year. She um, was kind of sports development manager at a South Lancashire Council when I was 16 and gave him my first job um, with, with the council back when it was South Lancashire Council before it became leisure and culture. Um, Book-wise, um, I'm not uh, as well-read as, as Greg, if I'm, if I'm honest. Uh, my reading tends to kind of stay for when I'm on holiday or when I pre-had kind of children. I do like to read, but it's finding the time I find quite challenging. But... There's a book called, that Christopher McDougall um, wrote, it uh, was about, um, it was about uh, Born to Run, it was called. And it was about the Mexican uh, Indian runners and basically they used to run for miles and miles and miles, greatest uh, ultra runners in the world. And they used to run miles and miles and miles uh, barefoot. And uh, I think for me that, that book was brilliant. It was a little test of endurance and resilience, that kind of never give up mentality. Um, so that would be probably some of my biggest influences I've had um, to date. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Lewis would read that. You tried to run down to the shop, but no, someone forgot you that you were only over in India. Probably in his jammies as well. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's phenomenal. It's just, uh, it kind of grips me. I've obviously read it probably three or four times. Uh, probably because I've got no other books in the house, but I think um, I just felt, um, you know, watching, you know, reading the um, the young man that went out there to try and mimic and try and run the marathon with them, and uh, days and days of sore feet, days and, and he just mm. couldn't build up the same resilience as as the uh, the Mexicans out there. But a, a great book, and I would highly recommend it to to anyone who really wants to to learn about willpower. And um, and results within your life, so yeah. Brilliant. Um, I'm going to say, I'm just going to say three things because, of course, it's the quick fire round. Um, <laughs> I, I would say, uh, be compassionate. Um, I would say, um, remain curious, and um, have a life. I think the apparently people with 
personal goals are much more likely to achieve the professional goals. So I think it's important to remain rounded and therefore relatable. That's me. That's the three. <laughs> okay. Um, obviously, you know, there's, there's a hundred, so I've managed to whittle it down before. <laughs> I know you said three. But uh, I know you say, I can't wait down as a new teacher. So if you're a new teacher coming into profession, I think my theme of tonight is obviously be kind. Be kind and understanding would be my first one. That's the children and the staff. A second one is inspire others because you could be their greatest influence in their, in their, in their life. Uh, build strong relationships with colleagues. Um, you'll become a better teacher if you if you build better relationships with your colleagues. And my final one would be dedicate time to your profession. I agree with Greg, have a life. But at the same time, dedicate the time that you have, uh, you have within school to your profession, especially in the early days. Yeah. I had um, Kevin Egan on last week, he said something similar, Kev, about uh, Kev. Kia, um, about your kind of early years, you were speaking about investing time and developing yourself. You also spoke about how in your early years, really enjoy those early years and have a lot of fun because mm. you have a family or you become a PT like yourselves, then, you know, not that it doesn't become as fun, but you might get called to meetings here, there and everywhere. So, um, I don't know what you think about that. Just to I would echo that. I would absolutely echo that. I think your your early days as a teacher are some of the most important days because these are the foundations that you lay down. These are the relationships you build. And again, I'm lucky enough that you know where I was. I was placed, at, you know, up at Dunkirk, and and a number of my other colleagues who were placed in different schools have also been just as lucky with their principal teachers or the relationships they built. But I was given license, um, you know, within Dunkirk to 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 really kind of thrive and. And for me, that's what's built my career. And, and that's why I'm still teaching today. And that's why I still absolutely love my job um, that mm -hmm. I do every single day. Um, so I would say dedicate your time to, yeah. to your profession, learn your trades. You know, don't try and you run before you can walk. And, you know, I, I see um, young staff, you know, really trying to seek out promotion, yeah. you know. And for me, promotion will come to you yeah. when you're ready for it. And you can't miss opportunities, but... Do see some people in the profession sometimes trying to have one eye on what they're doing in three years' time, but focus on what you're doing now and, and learn your trade and, and and learn off people you're around and don't be in a rush yeah. to become a promote into a promoted post because mm -hmm. it all happens. You know, if you're if you're good, you'll be recognised as being good, and if you're excellent, you'll be recognised as being excellent. I think let yeah. almost let promotion come yeah. to you rather than going to find it is what I would mm -hmm. probably say. Good, good advice. Yeah. No, fantastic, guys. Thanks so much for um, giving up your time tonight to come on and share your, your insights and your, your experiences of PE and being principal teachers um, over the years. So, um, I that's uh, finished yeah. that episode I'd, off nicely. So, I good good to chat, Kieran Greg. Good to talk again. Hopefully, bump into you both soon. Well, thanks, for, thanks for you uh, for your time, guys. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. And um, I think you know the the job you guys are doing in t in terms of um, just. Um, selling the story of of, uh, of PE and, and sharing all those good bits of practice are really helpful for people. Um, so good guys. So well done to you. Well done. Yeah, well, help, help, helps us. Hopefully, it helps everyone else who's who's listening in. Um, this is moving towards the end of it. So as we said at the start, hopefully, we can find a couple of people to continue it. So if you're still up for it, give us a shout.
I think, yeah. to be honest with you, um, I'd like to give you two names, probably Richie Dunno and Vicky Rice. Uh, they were quite keen on maybe taking it forward, so you maybe yeah. could chat their door. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how true that is, but I will. It's it's very true. That's a that's <laughs> a, that a that's word in the street. It's just word in the street. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, the previous Follow guests. We'll, we'll give them an email. I've got their contact details. We'll see if they're up for for continuing it on. Brilliant. Right, thanks again. Thanks again for joining us in this week's episode of the podcast. We hope you've been able to take something away that you can implement into your practice or life. If you regularly listen to the podcast, then why not leave us a review to let us know how we're doing and where we can perhaps improve. That way we can take action and further develop the Obo podcast. Until next time, we hope you have a fantastic week. Take care.